0: But um,
1: you've had X-rays since then, right, Nick?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, yes. I should have seen those to you in hindsight, but
1: that's okay. No, no, no. You can and um, you guys can. We'll have you back on, and or if you want to send them in towards the end. But they looked aligned, right? Your X-rays?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and yeah. um, yeah, it, it looks good. It looks good. Awesome. Cool. Um,
1: and I want to give a huge shout out to thorfinn he's one of our mods here in the chat because he actually listed all of their all their height changes this guy is amazing so uh he basically said that hj went from five six to about five nine and a half uh Roz went from five four to five seven nick went from five eight and a half to six one and dave rob went from five ten to six one gentlemen is that correct mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I w- <laughs> look at uh, that i was at five six point seven five inches then i went to five nine Oh,
1: okay. So you, you missed HJs a little bit, uh, Thorfinn, but man, good job. Thanks so much for your help. Um, so everybody who's, in the, who's joining the live stream now, because we have more people hopping in, these are the heights of all the guys on the panel here. So, All right, so moving right along here, uh, the next question is, um, I'm going to pop it on the screen in a second, but I'm going to read it first. When will you start getting your stride or precise nail removed? So it is right here from Ben Minoza. So uh, let's start with you, HJ. When are you planning to get your precise nails removed?
2: <clears throat> okay. So I, I got my surgery last um, March, March 18th last year. Yeah. And it's already like 10.3 months since surgery. Yeah. So I, when I was uh, visiting Dr. Josiah last week, two weeks ago, I think it's two weeks ago, um, I, I'm looking at more like the um, 14 or 15 months. Time frame after surgery, so that's probably like May or yeah, May or June. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, all right. Uh, well, Dave, you can't answer this because you already had him removed. I already had mine removed. Raz, you're you're still waiting on full consolidation. When's your next checkup, Raz?
3: It's actually on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <Is it real? laughs> yeah,
4: that's actually mine my
3: shoulder too or my chest. Yeah. Ended, so look at that. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, uh, the plan is the first time I'm gonna get one of the screws removed so screw near the knee that way uh because dr asia's theory is that stride is so good at bearing weight that it's not letting my body put any pressure on actual femurs because Mm -hmm. of that callus is not forming effectively so the theory is that if i get one side of the screws removed then i will start to push the the rods in and Mm -hmm. and that will help put exert pressure and make it faster so
1: gotcha okay very cool yeah that extra mechanical stress will stimulate bone um nick
0: um how about you i so i don't have any like clear date in mind but i am certainly going to get the nails removed uh consolidations pretty advanced on the femurs uh, actually more so than the tibias despite them being the uh the second surgery that i had It i think it's just due to the differences in confusion um but yeah uh, i guess maybe sometime in the next nine months or so i'm gonna get them taken out
1: yeah nice very cool and i mean you you
0: didn't have a magnetic nail so there's no rush for you oh, no uh, no this, this yeah. is just on so i mean they say that they can stay in indefinitely but you know the uh, the screws do extend past the bone into the soft tissue and so mm-hmm. they're just common to have lingering pains um, even after complete consolidation and, and the soft tissue is adjusting and i do have those like very very minor but i would like to get them. Gotcha. And Dave, you got yours removed at the
1: one year mark, or was it just like a little bit before or after?
4: It was a, uh, within a day of a year. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> within a day. So, almost <laughs>
1: right on the money. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Okay. Um, Dave, let's start off with you on this question. So, you went for the full eight centimeters, correct? Correct. Incredible. Um, So Ben's asking this question. The more you guys lengthen, you know, between the five to seven centimeter range, did you feel more sore, uh, more tightness, sore tightness?
4: (laughs) Yeah, the last centimeter was very difficult. Um, I would wake up in the morning and I couldn't. Sorry about that. Hold on just a second.
1: Kind of kick this all off. Are we back on? yeah, yeah I think okay so. sorry about that
4: guys i have no clue what happened but we're back on okay go ahead dave i'm sorry oh okay i was saying the um last centimeter was quite difficult Where well, after i got to seven um i would wake up in the morning and i couldn't bend my leg or my right leg all the way forward until i like walked around for like 20 minutes and then it, uh you know would be normal so it was pretty difficult but i figured i'd gone that far i just wanted to Max it out. Max it so, out all the way. Yeah, it was kind of tough, but um, okay. I think it uh, you know eventually the muscles kept stretching and um you know the problem was solved.
1: Yeah, gotcha.
4: Uh, and Raz, you you went
1: for uh little over seven centimeters here um what muscle group got the tightest for you because i hear different things from different people but there is a muscle group that kind of jumps out as like the commonplace muscle that says hey look i i'm i can't handle this was it the same muscle for you that i think it is
3: yes yeah. <laughs> yeah and the only reason keep in mind i would have still gone even with the pain you know how dave is saying you know you already spent the money might as well get your money's worth <laughs> yeah so but the only reason i stopped was because the asiag then had a conversation with me and he said You remember you're not consolidating as well Mm. so we don't want to get the risk of non-union that's where i stopped but i would have gone but uh another weird part was my leg were it was like coming apart like uh you know they were like very tight and like uh, dave said you you have to walk get pt done um it was uh it, it 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 came like without any warning like first to few centimeters. I'm like, you know, I don't know why people say it's a big deal. And then it hit
1: like, boom. <laughs> That's so. crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Nick, now you did quadrilateral lengthening pretty much kind of in an overlap period. Uh, period. Tell us a little bit about that. Cause the muscles kind of connect in a kinetic chain, you know, posteriorly. Um, mm-hmm. did you feel tightness in any particular muscle group? And what did you do to kind of like get around that?
0: uh so for me with the tibias really it was my calves and i heard about that beforehand so i stretched pretty thoroughly like for a month before the surgery and of course during the lengthening phase um but there was at one point where like my calves were contracted and hardened and uh the physiotherapist was saying you know nick you gotta work harder i'm already doing like you know four hours a day like this, this is pretty intense uh but i did even more i was doing like five to six i think a little bit and uh you know through enough stretching and is able to um to get the muscle to relax um so i think that was the biggest issue that i had with tidias with the femurs uh it was kind of generalized but there are definitely some intense muscle pains around um uh, like uh four and a half five centimeters and uh, another issue that I encountered with the femurs is that I wasn't able to stretch as effectively as compared to the tibias, just because I did them back to back. so like, I could barely walk because I got the tibial fixators removed. And so like, as soon as I had just like a reasonable level of comfort where I could walk with assistance, you know, with crutches, it was time to do the femurs. And so I, I couldn't really stretch during that time. Uh, so obviously, that's gonna make the lengthening more difficult even if the soft tissues of the upper leg are uh you know more more flexible okay
1: gotcha makes sense a hundred percent and H.J. um you kind of mentioned this a little bit in one of your videos like getting tight uh when did you notice that you got the, like when the tightness started to kind of creep up on you was it after a certain amount of length or was it just you know uh just kind of all throughout the distraction phase
2: yeah I, I guess uh, um it was kind of like getting linear up to like five centimeters after five centimeters, the tiny was growing exponentially every
1: millimeter.
2: Uh-huh. So like yeah, I've noticed a big difference from five to six centimeters and then from six to seven. We'll just get tight.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Um let's uh sorry guys for that. I'm uh, get that. But anyway, let's um get the next question here. I'm gonna read it out loud and then I'm gonna find it here. Um, so I know it's approaching the hour, but we have a lot of people joining now and um, Questions and are any of you tight on time at the hour? Okay, no, cool. So we'll try to go, we'll try to wrap it up like in the next, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, but like, um, let me go ahead and answer this next or ask this next question. But if any of you need to go, let me know and I'll just kind of make sure everybody knows where to go to find your channel. So, Athra Hamid is asking, um, will my BMI change after my height increase? This is actually a really good question. I think this is a good discussion question because a lot of people are worried about this. But um, let's go ahead and uh, any of you guys want to take this question? I'll take it. Because sure. yeah, I was asked
2: that question before. The yeah. BMI yeah. is your it's your like it's your uh, weight ratio to your height. It depends on like how, how much body fat you have. So see it like if you're overweight or normal weight or obese or underweight for yeah. your heart. That's why because um but the thing is when you grow taller, you would think you would use a higher um the new height. But the problem is when you grow when you get longer legs, like length oh. surgery unfortunately doesn't increase your hearts make your heart kick big, any bigger mm-hmm. so you have to really use the your pre-surgery height for the BMI index
1: okay yeah um did, I- did any of you notice that you're now you're all guys are like several months removed from your distraction finish and you're in consolidation um did you notice that your body weight has increased at all Raz or Dave
3: I had lost a lot of weight and then um I start to eat maybe a little bit more, and that's mm-hmm. when, you know, my weight leveled off,
1: you know. Okay, gotcha, so kind of like stabilized, and same thing for you, Dave? Um,
4: I gained about 10 pounds uh, from now than what I was before the surgery, and I'm thinking it might be because of the bone mass and the uh, muscles, you know, being longer. Yeah. Yeah, about 10 pounds
1: difference. Ten pounds. That's actually amazing because I hear that a lot from people. It's like ten. Some people say twelve. So really, really cool. All right, I yes, can't I actually. Twelve. I
2: gained about ten pounds.
1: From my femurs. Ten pounds yeah, for you too. Yeah. yeah. Because of uh,
2: the the new bone and muscle mass. Yeah. Mass, yeah. Muscle
1: Nick, issues. Nick, did you notice any weight change as well? Uh yeah, I lost a lot of weight throughout the length of the
0: process. You Did all the poor bones. <laughs> oh, yeah. so yeah i know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people ask me like i literally had six broken bones you know <laughs> foods, yeah, and, six uh, a pair of <laughs> um but yeah yeah so no, I, I lost a lot of weight and uh made an effort to get it back after removal of the femoral fixators and so since then which is about three and a half months ago i have to check i've gained about 25 30 pounds um but yeah that was through a concerted effort at the gym and the focus on my nutrition, you know, I had actually buy a weight gainer, um, so I, I, I think approximately the same weight that I was before. But if you factor in the atrophy of my legs, um, yeah, I, I guess that I'm still underweight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you'll fill out soon. And what I hear, Nick,
1: good news is that you know you're going to be able to probably fill out a little bit more because that new tissue that's been uh, formed and once it matures, you'll probably get bigger legs. So um,
0: yeah. <laughs> they've already got bigger oh have they yeah yeah that's incredible so uh you know they're still kind of small but but you just finished so you're
1: you're gonna you're gonna grow them bigger soon uh we can't wait to see that on your content all right um this question is from ben ben you get it again you are the mvp again so all right so he's asking uh since limlington costs around 75 or 155k i guess if you're doing both limbs or both segments How did you save up money before spending on this surgery so he's just asking for like money saving tips here um so any of you guys want to start this one rise you want to take
3: it um i have seen uh, the the line of credit on your house that's one way because you can get a very low rate um care credit um they i checked them out and their apr and interest was very high Mm. so um yeah okay
1: gotcha um how do you how did any of you other guys save up or was it just kind of saving like kind of the grind for a couple before you, over the years and you just kind of had some money in the savings yeah, or say kind of, hey I really um, want to
0: get this
2: lifestyle lifestyle like, don't, don't go car happy or drink right. buy an excessively big house or yeah. anything like
1: that Yeah, it's just right. cutting yeah. expenses or like a
2: luxury condo or apartments just, <laughs> just, just live frugal until you have enough
1: no, 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 baller lifestyle, right, uh, HJ? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all yeah, right. In, all. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually a question from our moderator in the back, who's helping me out, Randy. He's asking Nick here. Uh, did you run into any infection issues? If so, how many times and on what? Se- which segments?
0: So yes, I did, and uh, that's because I wasn't able to adhere to the minimum dressing change frequency for the femurs. Um, okay. I believe that it's like every two days officially for the femurs, and then because you have less soft tissue and consequently less exudate on the tibias, it's like every three days. And so I was still working. (laughs) You're talking about the financial aspect. So I was working throughout the lengthening process, because that's the only way it was feasible for me to do the femurs immediately after the tibias. And uh, as soon as I got back from Turkey, because I went overseas to get this done, the AC, not my car, and it's like 100 plus degrees out, and so uh, mm-hmm. if you couple those two factors, not doing the minimum dressing change uh, frequency, combined with just the sweat, you know, the moisture in the dressings is, is just not not good. You know, it's really conducive to an infection, and so I did get an infection, and I believe it was the uh, upper pin site of my right femur, mm-hmm. and I. Uh, you know, I could tell that I had an infection because of the foul odor, purulent drainage. Um, there was also this really superficial pain with the pin site, and it was not symmetric. Like, I compared it against my left side, and there's nothing there. And it, it got pretty significant. Uh, so it was pretty clear I had an infection, and then I just got antibiotics, just oral antibiotics. And three days later, it was gone. So, okay.
1: Nice, cleared up, huh? Yeah, that's funny. Um, that, that happens a lot. And, you know, the, the external fixator, I had that when I had mine as well um, because they're exposed to the outside environment. But um, it wasn't anything deep bone, right, Nick? No, no, no. It was superficial. Superficial. Okay, very cool. Um, did any of you other guys with the internal nail uh, experience any of that, or did your incisions close up fast enough that you didn't experience that? Nothing? No? Yeah. Cool. One of the guys doing internal nails. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. Sure yeah. Yeah all right so next one um uh we have from ben again ben we're gonna have to i'm gonna have to all right so this one here is um asking about daily routines um after surgery so did you kind of just stay indoors or did your lifestyle you know force you outdoors i mean i know i think i saw it was the video that somebody sent me of you whereas at the zoo with your family um walking around a lot you had the stride now so you were able to do that um how often did you do that did you go outside and do things during your lengthening because you had the stride now
3: first uh first month it was very little so you know uh, you probably know this uh victor because of baltimore Mm -hmm. you know you have a harbor there and then fort McHenry. so i had bought a membership to the zoo to the aquarium at the harbor just riding the, the boats so I would just go there and just walk maybe once a week initially, um, especially because it was free. You know, you paid for the membership and just go get your yeah. money's worth. So that um, and then just go to the Fort McHenry and just walk there, uh, you know. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. and Dave, you also had the stride now. I mean, um,
1: did you go outside a lot to kind of like break up the monotony of being in the house and uh, all that stuff?
4: Yeah, I would um, walk around the block with my walker, okay. and I was really, really slow. I remember it would take like um, 25 minutes to go like a quarter mile at first. So, But i do it in the morning, like when there wasn't a lot of people out. So, you know, it was like a morning ritual that I would just do. Okay. Cool.
1: Uh, any of the other guys, Nick or uh, H.J., did you guys go outside much or just kind of um, keep, you know, stay indoors?
0: I went outside quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, Nick. Go, ahead, Nick. Walk into- oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, you, you go ahead. All right, HJ, <laughs> go ahead.
2: The reason why I was staying indoors is because by the time I was like walking independently, fairly okay in November, it was a cold winter already, so I'm just staying indoors.
1: uh, so I'll be getting
2: outdoors pretty soon more often.
1: Yeah, yeah, once it hits spring here, it'll it'll uh, warm up really quickly. Uh, go ahead, Nick.
0: Oh, I, I was just gonna say, I was pretty active. Um, I went hiking. Like the topography wasn't so bad to where it was super challenging but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would do that for questions. Very cool. Awesome. Um, Alright, so the
1: next question is um, actually from Thorfinn again and he's asking a really cool question. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna try to pick some questions because this not This can go on forever. I mean more people are coming in but I know you guys, uh, we, we've already been over an hour here. So we'll go for another 15 minutes. Um, is that okay with everybody? Sure. Cool. Um, so Thorfinn's asking, um, what was the hardest part of the process for each of you guys? So I'm going to go around, um, the, the panel here. So let's start with Dave. Dave, what was the hardest part of the whole lengthening journey for you? Was it, um, you know, the actual surgery three days before you were discharged home? Was it, you know, the distraction process or was it consolidation of just, you know, not being frustrated with not being able to be your full self?
4: Tell us that. Um, The distraction is the hardest, uh, I think, probably for most of us, because uh, it's the most painful. You have bone pain, which is uh, initially because uh, the bones are broken and they're being lengthened. And it's very difficult to sleep. And I would wake up every 45 minutes. So I was lucky to get like four hours of sleep a night. Probably for the first couple months. So wow. I'd say the first three months were very, very difficult. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Okay. HJ, uh what about you? What was the hardest part of the process for you? Was it also the lengthening phase?
2: Uh yes, in the lengthening phase the hardest part for me was because I had the precise two nails, it was only partial weight bearing like seventy pounds per leg or per yeah per rod. So I was like in the i took like get around in the wheelchair or walker or like walker just for short distances and then
1: wheelchair
3: everywhere else. And yeah. that, was, that was pretty That's hard cool. to get okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Raz? Well, I was mobile fairly quickly because of stride, so no issues there. But there were a couple of times throughout the, the whole procedure, that was the hardest part. Actually, mm-hmm. the first one was that night when my wife drove me and dropped me at the hospital. And yeah. I remember walking in because of COVID, nobody was allowed, so it was only me. And the surgery was in the morning. So it was 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm walking in the hospital by myself. And I keep thinking, like, you idiot. I mean, nothing was wrong with my body. What if, you know, something happens? I die, you know, uh, or I lose my legs forever. And I'm going to come out of a wheelchair. And then the next morning after the surgery, my legs were still numb. And uh, I couldn't lift them. And I keep thinking, like, yep, I screwed it up. The doctor (laughs) by mistake, cut some cord, and I'm done. You know, this is it. So, and then distraction was another hard part when, you know, it's, it starts to become annoying. Uh, it's, it's that constant feeling of like something is tight in your legs and it just never goes away. And, uh, you know, PT helps, but, uh, you know, PT was very difficult at Sinai. I mean, it's like going in, and it's like going through hell because they make you work for it. Uh, and then finally, you know frustrations with uh, the callus not forming all better. You know because you mm-hmm. want to get it done, get it over with, and move on with your life. Get the nails out and done.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and Nick, take,
0: finish us out on this question here, and we'll move. Right, right. So the most difficult part for me was, I would say, the first two weeks post-op for the femurs. Mm-hmm. Like, just the pain was phenomenal. Really. Yeah, <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. Um. Yeah, every task was just like a mountain that you had to climb, pretty much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The first two weeks is what I always hear. Um, two, two and a half weeks. In fact, I've talked to a lot of patients recently who had their procedure done, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, week two is better than week one. But then I'm like, wait till week three. It's going to be better than week two. So it does yeah, get yeah, better. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Very cool. All right, guys, we have this next question here, and then we're going to kind of skim through some questions because uh, they are piling in here. Everybody loves to jump in. Um, so all of you could feel better now and kick. OK, so I guess the question is, um, are you able to kind of like kick and run or do things like you did, before surgery i guess they're looking at for that pre-op versus post-op recovery so let's actually start this off with dave rob here i mean his channel break my legs is amazing he's showing some amazing feats um by the way dave somebody just subscribed to your channel oregon ayana so that's really cool um so go ahead and tell us a little bit about your uh pre-surgery versus post surgery um you know uh physical ability
4: um well pre-surgery uh I was probably in good shape, but I didn't really exercise all that much. And then after the surgery, and probably after I had the uh, the rods removed, I would say um, I felt a lot of limitations. Like uh, I couldn't run as fast as I thought I should or move as well, mm-hmm. but little by little, it starts coming back like a combination of um, stretching and um you know building strength you know with plyometric exercises so uh at this point I think in some ways I might be better than I was pre-surgery and then a couple other ways I still have work to go so it's a little different but I would probably say I'm about the same as I was Mm pre-surgery
1: Very cool. Awesome answer. And I know that Nick said that he's starting to hit the gym now and so is H.J. So I want to get you guys, both both your takes here. Um, Nick, I know you're not fully back, you know, back, back, you know, but are you starting to feel being, are you optimistic about achieving what you were able to do pre-surgery? Yeah? Yeah, very,
0: very. And uh, more so as time goes by, um, even just on a weekly basis, I can uh, tell that there's good progress. Um, i remarked to somebody today actually is like i feel really light on my feet whereas before like even walking you know took quite a bit of uh, effort um so yeah now i just feel super light again i guess is the best way that i could describe it um and i'm just going to continue to push my athleticism as the months go by so i'm optimistic about being able to fully regain my athleticism very cool um
1: and then hj and i want to get Roz's take um so hj you're you're in the gym now you're working out you're doing some athletic stuff so um but you just started to kind of like you know walk and everything mm-hmm. like that but tell us a little bit about like y- y- are you optimistic as well to be able to recover a lot of your pre-operative abilities yes
2: going very well so um, i'm just like trying to jog right now or walk fast and jog work mm-hmm. on that area now i'm not trying to do too many heavy athletics now i just need to get my a little more, a little more leg strength, and I'm not too far away from removing my rods anyway, so I don't want to like push it to the limits, but I, I, I'm confident I'll get it back or most of it.
1: Back. Cool deal. And then, uh, Raz, have you been, uh, you know, athletic? I mean, athletic, uh, active, or doing anything? Um, you know, that you can kind of tell the difference between pre-surgery and after it.
3: Yeah, but if you ask me if I'm exactly like the way I used to be before, the answer is no. I still have ways to go. Yeah. Um, my biggest issue is if I have to pick something from the floor, I do it um, a little bit slower, you know? So okay. that's slowly I'm working on it to get it better. Gotcha, gotcha,
1: okay. All right, so we're gonna take a few more questions here. I think, um, let me actually count them up. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, so, all right, let's try to do it in like 10 minutes. I know that I said the 715, but these guys love you guys. So these are, you're their heroes. I mean, this is, this is what it's all about is, you know, setting the precedent and um sharing your information with these people these prospective patients because they're the ones who are going to follow in your footsteps so everything you guys are doing we really appreciate you all being here um let's go ahead and answer these questions so the next question until i find it on the stream here but i'm gonna read it out loud it's to the femur patients um would you have preferred to split the height you gain between the femur and the tibias in hindsight so go ahead hj you take that and then we'll go with dave and then we'll go with Roz right after
2: okay um the tibias um I might be a little biased here because I'm a femur lengthener, but I'm—I I, I had some hesitations about the tibias because there's a couple reasons why. Because there's two bones to break per leg, which makes a surgery a lot more complicated, a more expensive, and um, I know it's, it's slower to heal as well. Yeah, and even slower in the consolidation phase. Yeah. So I met some tibial lengtheners. They—they they all complain about how slow it takes in the consolidation phase to. It's slower yeah. in the lengthening, but the consolidation phase is even slower. Okay. And, um, so I, I had some reservations of the TVS, So I, I just, I'm, I'm okay with the fevers.
1: Okay. Very cool. Um, Dave, you want to go? um
4: If I could have done that for the same price, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. have preferred to do that because when you're doing different bones and you're dividing the length, you don't have to stretch um, the same muscles. So it's less of a strain on the muscle. So it would probably be a quicker recovery. And um, I think it would your body would react better to it. Gotcha. Uh, and Raz? Um, I, I
3: deliberately wanted to do femurs first because I knew that if I want to go for tibia again, I would. But like I said, if they bring stride nail back, I would do it in a heartbeat. And that's not an issue uh but i'll tell you honestly uh when i was at the sinai i saw patients who had the tibias done and hats off to nick that uh he got both of them done at the same time man <laughs> the boy that looked painful because i saw the guy, oh, his was, shin yeah shinned was bruised it was like it looked so painful but the guy was okay i mean he was in pt he was in therapy but i looked at his legs and i was like oh my god it looked so painful but he was all internal <laughs> So you yeah. couldn't see anything, but it was bruised up.
1: Yeah. yeah, I remember that from my own tibia lengthening. So that, that definitely does bruise up, and it is a little bit more shocking for sure. Um, very cool. Um, and then Nick obviously split his uh, legs. He did both tibia and femur, so uh, we're going to go about bypass that. So um, how many millimeters did your doctor make you do per day? So I guess this is in terms of distraction. So this is actually important. So distraction rate. Um, did, you all got, did you guys all kind of follow the one millimeter per day, or was there kind of a— a rate difference between the tibia for obviously nick or femur um because of the consolidation or the um regenerate formation so let's go ahead and start with you hj and then we're gonna go around the panel actually nick let's let's do that let's start with you
0: uh yeah so the distraction rate was one millimeter per day and it was the same on the tibias as for the femurs so not a whole lot to say there okay gotcha um hj
2: um for the femurs is one millimeter per day i know dr Asiagum- prescribes
1: 0. 0.75 millimeter per day for the tibia is okay gotcha um raz
3: i started at one but then decreased it to point, point 0.5 because remember in my case we were afraid that it's going to be non-union mm-hmm. mm. i
1: gotcha so you just want to slow it down to make sure that didn't happen okay. okay and then dave were you able to stay at the one millimeter per day or did you have to kind of slow it down as well
4: Um, I did the one uh, millimeter per day, and I remember it was uh, .33 each session. So it was Mm. uh, three sessions divided up over the day.
1: Yeah, okay, that's actually exactly what I did. I remember that .33. Okay, Uh, wow, we have a lot of Ben's questions, but hey, that's what Randy's giving me, so I follow the boss. (laughs) Uh, Which ERC version did you guys have, the old or the new gen? So for those of you who did the internal nail, um, did you have the purple device or the blue one, or was it the black one like me?
3: It was the new one. there's the new one. Okay, yeah. you guys have the new one. No, I, yeah, I guess they of, made it
0: Go if ahead. If I
2: remember my history, I think like in um uh, before like 2020, the like, URCs used to take like like six minutes to lengthen per leg.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
2: but the new ones takes like now since like mid 2020, takes like the new generation ones takes like about 45 seconds to lengthen per, oh, leg, wow. per session. That's all. Awesome
1: cool and little shout out here to Nick I mean I'm gonna go this is my guy Nick he's always down to respond on Instagram and completely transparent so a little kudos to you Nick there and we have a lot of comments in here I mean uh somebody wants to see a Raz before and after pick (laughs) I'll send it. he'll send it to me and I'll I'll make sure you guys can check that out okay so um so let's see here where was the next question so we have three more questions Four more questions, and then we'll we'll just kind of do an outro because it is a, getting into that uh, hour and a half mark. So let's do this. So um, after how long? I'm sorry. I usually work at the gym. I I usually work out at the gym, and my arms end up being sore. So if I lengthen close to eight centimeters, is it going to be the same soreness with the legs? I guess. I guess. Well. Is he asking about arm soren- soreness after the work, J- Ben? <laughs> that's not a good question. <laughs> I'm like thinking soreness is way different. I can answer that. <laughs> Let's skip that question. Um, all right. After how long did you guys start to kind of get back to your normal life? So I guess this is in once consolidation started. Once you were starting to consolidate, how f- how far how long was it before you had to kind of like say, "Hey, look, life is back to normal." Raz, you want to take
3: this? December third is when I went to Baltimore. I had mm-hmm. rented a house, and I came back to Ohio, not until mid uh, January. Uh, but then it's not like I was going to work. I was working remotely. Uh, yeah. But then I was going back to Baltimore every other week. Yeah. Uh, so the life, honestly, it kept it, it. It was that way until after the distraction was over. You know. Okay. So,
1: Gotcha, um, Dave. How about you? Um, when were you like? When were you noticing that you were saying, "Hey, look, everything's back to normal."
4: Well, I agree um, with Roz. Right after the distraction ends, your muscles uh, catch up to your bone length, and uh, you you start noticing that um, you can do more things, and um, that's when I could start walking uh, longer distances, and um, I noticed a big change. About that awesome. Very cool. Very cool.
1: Uh, Nick, how about you? Because, I mean, you did both limbs. So it was a little, probably a little longer for you. But, like, when was it for you?
0: Uh, I would say that it was about two months after removal of the femoral fixators. That's when I could walk normally. I had enough stamina to where, like, I wasn't too limited as far as the distance that I could walk. Okay. And uh, pain wasn't too much of an issue. <laughs> there was still some pain, though. But my life at that point had, for the most part, returned to normal gotcha okay
1: and then HJ how about you um for me
0: um I was
2: walking independently six months after surgery in, in September but when I started it was like I was very awkward like I had a penguin walk and I had to use a walking cane a lot and when I got the stairs I used a walking cane and the banister for support so it wasn't really until eight months after surgery in November that I was pretty much walking independently not doing any athletics but just Walking independently. I, I would
1: say that was about by sort of my normal daily life. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. All right. Um, so we have two more questions. We're going to do that and then we're going to do an outro. So, um, this is from our mod here at Thorfinn guys. Awesome. So he's saying, how have others treated you now that you're taller? This is a really good question. So, um, let's go ahead and start off with Raz.
3: It's a, if the, it's a life changing. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I think something shifts in your mind maybe uh, that you start thinking about yourself like that way, like you're short. Uh, it gives you confidence. Um, you know, whenever we go to Baltimore, I have so much fun going to places, Bahamas, you know, I used to go there every quarter and this is the first year that, uh, it was like awesome, you know? So it, it does changes your life. I got two promotions since I got surgery. Seriously? Now, are they because of the surgery or just because, you know, I work hard. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell, but yeah. you know, there it is. I mean, I'm happy.
1: That's awesome, man. I'm very happy for you. That's great to, great to hear. Uh, Dave, how about you?
4: Well, um, I haven't noticed that much of a difference how people treat me because I was probably average high before, mm-hmm. but I feel a lot better. I noticed that, um, I'm um, probably one of the taller people, like when I go to the store or wh- wherever. And um, to me, that feels pretty good. So at least uh, with myself, I feel a boost of confidence.
1: That's awesome. And that's what really ca- counts. And what really matters about this is your internal confidence. And But you're, you're, you're not that much taller than the next guy here, Nick, because he caught up to you. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's your same height now. He's 6'1", too. So, Nick, tell us the difference, because you have the most dramatic change. You've increased from yeah, five did, and a yeah. half to six six one pretty much so tell us that what what it's uh
0: absolutely life-changing because before like i was below the average height and now i'm substantially above it and so i went from being like clearly short to being tall and uh yeah so you you can see it like as far as how people notice you um uh, the halo effect comes into play too it's also affected the way that i carry myself and so say nick you know you're clearly more confident um and so like yeah uh i recently got a new job that pays exponentially more and so they didn't know my height but indirectly you know it's it's a byproduct of that just because you know it's it's affected the way that i project myself that's awesome you know it's had a big effect
1: man that you l- listen to that the effect that limb lengthening you know stature lengthening is having on these guys life it's impressive uh and hj you want to kind of answer this too how has yeah, other yeah
2: yeah i think it's it's helped me a lot because like when i when when i like meet people they don't look like, down on me anymore that's why they're not mm-hmm. trying to do it intentionally to look down on me but it's because i'm shorter than that that's how it turns out but yeah but i'm pretty much they hiding and i'm like taller than every almost every woman out there even the taller was like five, seven or five, eight. Yeah. Or awesome. Five, nine. I'm, I'm like taller than almost every woman out there. And and just tall, just about average height. I'm like basically yeah. five ten 10 with shoes. So and um,
1: that's incredible. So that's it's, incredible. It's like I'm,
2: the, I'm like just normal height now. And just, I just get along better now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's and incredible. And like, I- like Leaders like public speakers or like,
2: COVID sales and make these like ridiculous amounts of salaries and do all these sales and I see how they do it because they have a, a psychological advantage of being taller
1: yeah yeah no it's true and I've heard Tons of uh, stories over the last eight, you know, two years pretty much now that we're about to be at um, from patients who've got this procedure done. And they're saying, pretty much echoing what you guys just said here, it's had a huge effect on their life, you know. So um, it does, it does. It's a life changing procedure, even for myself. I mean, I got a little, little boost in height and I noticed the effect. People probably didn't, but it helped me feel better about myself. So um, that's probably why I don't want to get it done now. But who knows? Who knows? The future's out there. <laughs> All right. Last question that we have here. Um, I guess uh, Nick, you can answer this. This is asking about clothing and the lengthening over nail. How did you deal with that during when you had the external fixator on there? Still.
0: Oh, the clothing. Uh, I only wore shorts. Mm. Uh, I tried wearing pants because uh, I went back to the states to lengthen, and I was working throughout that process. And uh, initially, I tried to conceal it with patients, (laughs) and uh, because I work as a pediatric nurse um, in the home health setting, and so I tried to be more discreet by wearing pants, really baggy pants. You can see all the fixators, but I was just like, this is just awful, you know? So I just started wearing shorts and just kept wearing shorts after, and that's what I would recommend, too. OK. Um, you know, the, the question was about during the lengthening phase, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Sorry, Hello. like barely here. <laughs> no,
1: I, okay, by the way, guys, Nick, he, he's just recovering from the stomach flu, so I want to give him, you know, a you know, my hat is off to him for even showing up today. So I really appreciate all of you guys for showing up because it was kind of last minute. I didn't have this idea till what? I think HJ and me talked Monday. So I really appreciate you guys doing this. But um, incredible here. Um, all right, so that is pretty much going to wrap it up. Um, you can see we have Doreen. She was on the last Limb Linking Lim- 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 Lim Live with one of our patients. Um, she's saying great job to all of you for opening up. There's a big stigma with elective surgery. Women have endured that for years. Go inward and be your own best friend. Isn't that incredible? Listen to that. Um, I don't think anybody could have said it better, but everybody who's watching, I really, really appreciate all of you guys coming out to, you know, support these amazing, you know, uh, limiting patients and now youtubers um you know because what they're doing is changing the world essentially they're pretty much you know changing lives by sharing information about their journey again they didn't have to do this but they they're sharing their journey so that other prospective patients can see so um if you guys in the you know who are watching this live can just post in the chat show your love to these amazing gentlemen and um by the way <clears throat> I have a link to all of their YouTube channels down below the video. Go subscribe to all their channels. Nick, Raz, uh, Height Height Journey, HJ, and we have Dave. Okay, so let me just kind of give you a synopsis of each of their channels. So Dave is really kind of showcasing a lot of the athletic feats. I mean, he's doing a lot of running stuff on the track, stretching, uh, physical stuff. So you want to see a lot of that, go subscribe to him um, and, you know, converse with him. Uh, Raz shows a lot of stuff about, you know, integrating limb lengthening, with family life, work life, um, you know, and just all of the kind of everyday things that, you know, you would do, you would typically do. So that daily life aspect, go go subscribe to Stride now, um, you know, have his link below. H.J. is showing a lot of the technical details. He's really going in on like, you know, the, al- the actual topics and aspects of the procedure. Proportions, I know he's talking about physical therapy, um, pretty much everything, you know, how much height to gain. He's And he's not stopping, the guy's just blowing up now. And then Nick, I mean, he's he did the external fixators, but not only that, but he has a very scientific kind of approach to it all and you know he's very uh, meticulous with his uh, you know content which i really love because i kind of do the same thing with my own um so each one has a unique aspect i want you to go subscribe to all of them show them your love um you know and uh yeah i mean we're gonna have them back so and in if you subscribe to their channel if they if you want you can comment down below but a lot of them have individual Uh, Instagrams or emails if you want to reach out to them personally. Again, don't be supportive, be kind. But uh, yeah, do you guys want to kind of say anything, any final words to all our viewers out there? We're just going to go around around the panel here. So Dave, anything, any last words to all all your fans out there?
4: Well, I wish um, anyone that's interested in getting the surgery, um, I wish them luck. And if they have any questions, definitely um, they can leave me a, a message on my channel and i'll definitely help them in any way i can with advice or uh sharing experiences
1: okay through the journey.
4: Cool.
1: awesome uh Raz?
3: yeah the, my only wish is that i hope that the cost comes down for the rest of the group that whoever is looking for there's a whole lot of people who want to get this procedure done the only thing stopping them is the money part so i hope that it comes down you know the, i do know for the fact that dr asiag He's looking for different ways to reduce the cost. Maybe do the surgery in an outpatient setting, but I hope that the cost comes down or a company is formed who is uh, financing this for people. Because uh, once you get it done, it changes your life. It's worth it. So I I I wish everybody that they they get this done, you know, in their life. I love that. I love
1: that because the cost is a major barrier. So that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. HJ.
2: Yes. Um. When I started my surgery in march of 2021 just last year it was pretty tough because there wasn't a lot of information out there i just had like you victor cyborg for life that limb clinic forum yeah. website and it wasn't really much else because a lot of people not really don't want to talk about it they're to keep it as secret as possible which also made it a lot more difficult i found that out and mm-hmm. but that's why i made this what's webs- my youtube channel to make this more informative to ask those like million questions that everyone always has when they first go into the surgery, yeah, and also and to answer and also first to stick up for your, your rights as well as so the like making like, pieces because you don't have to feel ashamed of it. It's not you're not like psychotic or weird just because you you're just want to be taller. Yeah, it's a it's just perfectly natural. Just to just an improvement process. That's all it is. a Physical improvement process.
1: Yep. Get that cost that's down like,
2: that's nothing like crazy or psychotic but that's all yeah. i'm trying to get to and also i'm like i'm probably like the newest the newest i have the i'm the newest kid on the block with the my youtube channel so i have the least number of subscribers right now so please subscribe to my channel as
1: well <laughs> subscribe to everyone else here as well
0: all right and Nick you want to close out the show man go ahead and do uh, it yeah, sounds good um, yeah, so I guess uh, I would just say that it absolutely can be life-changing um, you know the benefits are just amazing and it's still kind of surreal to me at this point I closing message would be just um, know what you're getting into you Have a really strong mindset I think that's critical a lot of people have the impression that it's a passive process you go to get the surgery three-month vacation you're good that's not true uh, there's a lot of pain involved, but it is worth it. So just make sure that you know what you're getting into and you have the right mindset. Yeah, that's, it. that's awesome.
1: That is awesome. Awesome, guys. Well, I want to thank you personally for coming out um, and staying on the show for over an hour and a half um, and sharing your knowledge about this procedure. Because like I said, there's never enough information about this procedure. Um, and for all you guys watching, remember to go to the, each of their channels, subscribe, show them some love at their individual channels. We're going to have them back uh, you know, in future shows um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. So that is it for episode 23 of Lengthening Live. I want to, you know, thank Dave Rob from Break My Legs, HJ from Height Journey, Ross from Stride Nail, and Nicholas Nick from Nicholas's Leg Lengthening Journey. And until next time, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life. Signing out. We'll see you guys next time.
0: Peace.